This is the Overclocked Podcast, a weekly dose of video game music and conversation from ocremix.org. This week, our old friend William Willrock Harby joins us in the studio to talk about mostly 80s hair metal. We attempt once more to be secretive and songful and host an impromptu synth solo showdown in this week's playlist. Welcome to you, and to you, and to everyone I'm pointing at arbitrarily. This Are is you pointing the overclock. At me? What? Your brother and co-host, Brian? Not yet. Stay in your seat and let your brother and co-host, Stephen, take this intro. Alrighty. We are overjoyed for all of you to be here in the studio with us today for this podcast. Okay, I'm done. You know who I'd rather be in the studio with? You're going to say, Will I am, aren't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was going to say, well, I am because he's specially here in the studio. Hey, Will, how are you doing? I am doing well. Oh, my gosh. No. (laughs) We are just contractually obligated to have every will on the show at some point. Yeah, I guess you're right. But yes, uh, we did have an interview with Will Rock this last week. I thoroughly enjoyed doing that. Unfortunately, we lost the last 20 minutes of it, Um, but... Yeah, but it was mostly just talking about really weird random stuff that we got onto, like Link's Awakening and the hidden, uh, I think it's Tataka's theme, you know, that the Animal Crossing composer who hides that song in every game. Yeah, that one. You got it. Do you ever feel like slowly over the weeks, we have hoped that some of the old school overclocked remix staff who let us make the show have stopped listening and we have slowly devolved into a complete lack of quality and professionalism i don't think that steven i know that and on that (laughs) note let's go into this week's remix rewind where we run down the latest from ocremix.org Hail to the Present is a Castlevania Portrait of Ruin track by Yoshi Blade, featuring some far-out synth and spooky distortion. The result is a radio broadcast from Dracula's Castle, where the antenna and equipment are mostly certainly possessed by very funky demons. OCR assures you that there is minimal chance of becoming possessed yourself by listening.
newcomer, Freeze Tag remembers the legacy of Zelda games with Hyrulean Overture number one. A thoughtful medley of favorites from one of gaming's greatest dynasties. Packed with memories and clever arrangement, this track is well-suited for psyching us up to play more Breath of the Wild. For these remixes and more, head over to ocremix.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Intune interview. This is Brian, weirdly enough. Uh, Steven's been doing these for like a year or something now, but I am finally back doing one of these, and I'm talking to a very special guest, Will Rock, a.k.a. William Harvey. Hey, Will, how are you doing? I organized a time with Steven, and then he said to me, oh, I'm not going to be here. And yes. I was just like, it's, it's because you hate me, isn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. I, I only take the guests that he hates. But no, it's really great to have you. So like you alluded to, this is your second time on the show. Yep. And I think last time we talked about a Sonic remix you did that you were insisting was terrible, but that I really enjoyed. It was that piano. The piano one, yes. I, I remember the piano one. That is the awful Sonic <laughs> remix I did. Always will be. Exactly. Exactly. I'm obviously great at picking remixes. So we decided this time to avoid making that horrible mistake again. We're not going to have any topic. We're just going to talk about whatever strikes our fancy. So this is going to be the... I thought you said you just weren't going to choose any Will Rock remixes. I thought that was the mistake. <laughs> exactly. We're not actually going to talk about any of your music. You did actually <laughs> release some music, though, but it wasn't remixes. You released an album recently. Uh, yes, I did. So for people who don't know, uh, Will Rock, you do a lot. You've been around with OC Remix for years and years and years. 
Um, you've uploaded a ton of remixes, but you've also gone off on your own and done some original music. And that's what you've been really focusing on recently, it seems like. As far as OCR is concerned, like, I love OCR. Yeah. I'm going to start by saying that OCR basically is the sole reason that I'm as good as I am. Right. But the the only thing with OCR is that a lot of the artists I find sort of get lumped in with OC Remix. And I also wanted to sort of break away from yeah. that a bit, see if I could make my own identity, you know. Uh-huh. I don't want sort of people to hear Will Rock and go, oh, that's the guy from OC Remix, right. isn't it? Or, <laughs> you know, they hear they hear my music and they go, oh, that's an OC Remix. Yeah. Who made it? I don't know. Exactly. You know? Get some of your own <laughs> branding out there. Um, yeah. And I remember when we last talked, you were really excited about starting to do some of your original albums. And then earlier, well, not earlier this year, kind of late last year, you released Journey to the Center of the World. And that was an original album that I actually was, uh, I actually listened in on the original listening party you did with uh, Kyle over at his uh, uh, podcasting network over there. So that was super fun. So yeah, what was kind of the journey to Journey to the Center of the World? How did that come about? Well, actually, it's just a sequel to um, uh, uh-huh. Welcome to the Real World, basically. Um, Welcome to the Real World was uh, created primarily with Ubix Tune's uh, stylistic requirements mm-hmm. in play. So it was sort of chip tune, a little bit of jazz, very proggy, um, and it had a lot of FM synthesis, Genesis, uh, Mega Drive type stuff because... That's basically what I do. And uh, this was supposed to be the sequel to that because I basically made that album and I then made another one. I I did a rock EP Mm -hmm. called Monarchy. And I got um, these amazing people together. I got my friend Phil, who was a bassist. I got the best possible vocalist I could possibly get for this style called Valentino Francovilla. And he sounds like Bruce Dickinson. It's nuts. He's, a, he's an Italian guy, and uh, it it's quite funny because um, he, he sort of um, English is right. his first language. So whenever I'm, I'm chatting to him, it's it there's always some sort of communication. <laughs> error, but he really tries, like it, it's right. almost endearing in a way. Um, but the guy is such an amazing vocalist. I'm just shocked that he puts up with the whole communication barriers right. and actually wants to work with me. That's fantastic. That's pretty cool. He's like an insane musician in his own right. He's like the best guitarist you've ever heard. I mean, probably better than Six Two Sounds. Oh, wow. That's kind of like the gold standard in the community. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he's literally gold standard uh-huh. at the guitar. And... He also has access to a recording studio where he records his vocals. So how did you get in touch with him? How did you meet him in the first place? It's actually quite a funny story. Um, I was specifically looking for a vocalist for Monarchy. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I basically heard a cover of uh, Eye of the Tiger. It had like 300,000 hits on YouTube. Right. It was a metal version. It had these amazing vocals. And I just thought, this is the guy I want word to word right. with. And uh, I basically um, went into uh, internet stalker mode and started sort of started sort of tracking this guy down and eventually i found his facebook and i messaged him on facebook and and he said he'd work with me so that is basically what happened (laughs) i i found him and convinced him to join forces and uh he actually did vocals on the journey to the center of the world track uh warrior of life You start off with a bang in that album. It's like a 10-minute rock epic. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to describe everything this is. It starts at chiptune, then it goes into, like, Iron Maiden. The, the best way to describe that is it, it's literally five tracks. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Like, um, the first part that I wrote for that track was the, um, the synth solo at the end. Yeah. And it was literally just a reason file of a synth solo. Uh-huh. And um, it was just called um, Prog Metal mm-hmm. Synth Solo. And I had that for ages. And then I created this... Um, this was completely separate, but I created the um, piano bit just after the chiptune bit. Right. I created that. It's it's a bit that everybody says sounds like Dream On from Aerosmith, which I find a really, really bizarre comparison. <laughs> because uh, I think that they get it from the rhythm of the of the piano mm-hmm. part. So I can see why they say that. But like there's loads of of other tracks that they could pick. Why do they pick Dream On? Like I don't even like that Uh-oh. song. I love Aerosmith, but I don't like Dream right. On by Aerosmith. I've never liked that song mm-hmm. really. Always what was a bit odd. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but everybody says sounds like that. And it's probably their most famous one, actually, yeah. Dream On. Like I was I was a bit surprised. Um because you sort of think dude looks like a lady would be the one at the top, but it's not. <laughs> like if you look at like last FM stats yeah. and like YouTube hits and everything, yeah. it all points to Dream On. Which I always thought was interesting. Out of curiosity, do you know what your most popular song is? I've, I'm not sure because the the it depends where you look. On YouTube, I think it is probably my Super Mario Brothers 2 remix, um, which was before mm. OCR even. And that sort of got uh, shared about on a, like, it was on a Team Fortress 2 map or something, some Mario Kart thing, and everybody went to it from that and... Um, it has like uh-huh. 300,000 hits, but I think ever since I released Apollo Duck, that's the thing that everybody mentions. Oh, yes. That's the thing that, that exploded yes. all over Twitter and everything. 
um, which yep. I'm actually quite happy about because I think it's my best remix, and I've made a lot. Is that released with Journey to the Center of the World, or was that...? It was uh, not intended to be. Uh, originally, yeah. I was actually going to put on a Joe Satriani cover instead. I was always going to put a cover on. Ooh. And um, yeah. the Joe Satriani thing was quite good, but it wasn't, like, amazing. And the yeah. the DuckTales thing was much, much better than this. But it was never intended to be on the album. And then I was talking to my sister, and she said, put that on the album. You have to put it on. It's the best thing ever. Put it on the album. It fits. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, well, okay. And yeah, that was it, really. I have my sister to thank for that. It was amazing because when I heard it, I'm like, when I first heard that you had a DuckTales remix on this album, I'm like, wait, Will Rock did that already, right? Like, that is such a perfect fit that I can't believe it doesn't already exist. And then I heard it and I'm like, yep, this is just the most perfect thing. Like. It is truly the music marriage made in heaven. And also, I agree with your sister that it fits because this whole album seems to kind of have that 80s energy to it. And that is definitely a song that shares that same kind of style. Um... It was created with a lot of the same sounds I used for the album, yeah. so it, it, it fit in that sense as well. Like um, the whole um, "Welcome to the Real World" journey to center of the world thing has this almost uh, modernized um, Mega Drive sound to it, yeah. uh, which mainly comes from the fact that the bass that I use is um, about three different patches put together from the um, Mega Drive sound. Ah. And uh, I also used the um, the trumpet, uh, what you call it, right. um, sound font as well. Um, the sound from that, and I, I use a lot of Genesis stuff in there. Yeah, so. exactly. So yeah. I, I gather from Journey to the Center of the World and a lot of your other stuff that you're a big fan of, like '80s bands. That would you say that was a big influence for this? style absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. okay that's what I, I mean from the artwork i'm like this is pretty unmistakable by the way it's fantastic artwork that yeah for my sister thank for that as well fiona had a lot of uh we need to have her on the show yeah she <laughs> she had quite a lot of influence on this actually when i actually yeah. think about it she did the artwork and she suggested some stuff on. and yeah, yeah yeah that's super cool so who would you say some of your favorite 80s artists are Okay, uh, two main ones, probably Bon Jovi and Journey. Um, yep. Bon Jovi were the band that introduced me to it. Uh-huh. And uh, like before that, um, I didn't, I, I just sort of listened to music. I think the one song that 
sort of introduced me to that sound in general was probably the final countdown by Europe. And yep. but I never really looked into sort of it until I heard Bon Jovi and I thought I have to hear more music like this. And yeah. then I found sort of Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses and yep. all of that stuff. And uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm pretty obsessed with that era as well. I've been listening to a ton of Boston recently, yeah. which is definitely the same kind of sound. And there's something about that reverb, heavy arena rock, melodic 80s music that I just can't get enough of. Um, That's, so it was, um Boston are the guys that sort of uh, created that sound, aren't they, as well? Yeah. Like, um, their first album, their debut album, was mm-hmm. the one that created that arena sound. Yeah. Um, I always find it quite, I always find it quite amusing because I remember asking my um, uncle before I was sort of in the know about all these different mm-hmm. bands and I, I said, what do you think of Boston? And yeah. he said, I think they're middle of the road. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and now, sort of... Um, it makes me laugh because I think they are as far from middle of the road as you can get. They're quite, um, okay. they're quite almost, uh, they, they, they created an entire yeah. sort of sound, didn't they? And, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, think it probably speaks to their influence that someone could think they're middle of the road because so many people copied them so thoroughly. That's, that very, that's now- very true, actually. Yes. Yeah. That it sounds generic, but it's like, no, that's just because they were so good that everyone copied them. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been thoroughly enjoying my time going back to Boston. So, yeah, that whole genre is just is one of my very favorites. Mm. So I'm so happy to see people uh, in the modern world and in the video game remix and original music world doing more of it. Mm. And you're right on top of that. You're, you're saying about how other people are doing it. And that, that's very yeah. true. But uh, there's this there's this entire like thing called synthwave at the moment. And uh-huh. um when I was talking to Ben Briggs about how to promote the album, he said, just call it Synthwave. It doesn't even matter if it's, if it's not Synthwave. It, it's close enough that, you know. <laughs> and I, 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 I never really considered myself Synthwave, but ever since yeah. I put that tag on the album, nobody has complained once about uh-huh. it being called Synthwave. And it even <laughs> sort of, um, you know, one or two websites sort of um, mentioned my music as Synthwave, and I was like, oh, fine, you know. I don't even know what Synthwave is. Synthwave is like, uh, I don't, it, it's a little bit hard to describe, actually, because yeah, it, 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 it's 80s music, but there's more to it than that. Right. It, yeah. There's a, there's a very specific drum sound to it that mm-hmm. I don't quite have. Um, like yeah. there's elements of synthwave in my music, but it doesn't quite fit. And that's why I don't really consider myself synthwave. But then you've got people like um, Myron, who uh, have you heard of um, him? He he's doing I the so. um, the drift stage music oh my gosh i love we're trying to get him on the show because i loved that album so much <laughs> it's amazing um yeah and yeah i've i've been sort of uh listening to his that soundtrack on uh, soundcloud yeah. mm-hmm. and i wouldn't really call that synthwave either but yeah it's marked as synthwave and people seem to you know yep accept it as synthwave so like Anything yeah. 80s, I think, is synthwave, which okay. puts me there, I suppose. I guess. I need to look more to that genre then, because that was another one of, like, 
I would put it in my highest like modern 80s style music is that drift stage mm. um, music. It's just it's something special. And yeah, it does kind of remind me of your music and how melodic it is and energetic at the same time. Also kind of has that retro sound. So mm. that's cool. You guys should do a cl- uh, collaboration sometime. <laughs> I think it needs to figure out who I am first. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I need to introduce you guys so you can do a collaboration sometime. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Like, I know a yeah. lot of people who really like him. So I think that, um, yeah. like, I actually think if if we did a collaboration, I think that that, yeah. would, that would generate some hype just by itself. Like Exactly. You two, you know, synthwave artists, apparently. Apparently, same genre there. <laughs> to be fair, I think he's more synthwave than me. I have heard some legitimate synthwave from him, but I've just noticed okay. that every now and then he's done stuff that isn't. I wouldn't yeah. call it synthwave, but he he marked it synthwave, so whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't call myself synthwave. Gotcha. So, yeah. do you now that you're done with Journey to the Center of the World, are you planning to do more of that style of music, or what are your future ideas? Well, the thing is, is that when I did um, Welcome to the Real World. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, that's it. I'm never going to yeah. top this. It's the best <laughs> thing I'm ever going to do. And then I made Journey to the Center of the World, which I think is better. And right. so does everyone else who's heard it. Basically, it. basically because of track one. That's basically what everyone goes to and <laughs> says it's like the best thing I've ever done by far. And It was pretty good. The problem with that is that it's such a monumental epic that to try and outdo that would probably Mm -hmm. take me like five years of effort like (laughs) this that particular song took me about three years to write right just because of of the different elements that i created at different times and i've eventually managed to transition it all together to try and make it cohesive and what i don't want to do is i don't want people to sort of listen to an album and say you did this better earlier. That's what I don't want, sort of, you right. know, it to be underwhelming. Like, it even needs to be different enough to be sort of, you know, notable or, yeah, it it, 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 need, it needs to have it, its own sort of um, message as well. Like, yeah. it even needs to be better than something I've done before it or it needs to have its own identity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So how would you define the identity of Journey to the Center of the World compared to Welcome to the Real World? I think that Journey to the Center of the World is a lot more rock-influenced than the other yeah. album. Like, this one does have chiptune stuff, and it does have funk mm-hmm. stuff, and it does have all of that, but I think that Journey... No, not Journey. Um, Welcome to the Real Welcome. World. Yeah. Why did I name them so similarly? Um, uh, <laughs> to confuse well, us all. Yes, and so I didn't get Mr. Mr. Comparisons as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's something that happened when Welcome to the World came out. I had people like Dark Sword saying, the new Mr. Mr. album's great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's actually a really good album. I listened to it after people mentioned it to me, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Sounds quite yeah. a bit like my music as well, quite heavy on the synths, but still quite rocky. Mm-hmm. Like. So is it Synthwave? Uh, Mr. Mr. Yeah. Um, if they released it today, probably yeah. I think okay. <laughs> like I think most eighties music is synthwave. Uh, synthwave. <laughs> like, that might you... be helpful because I'm always trying to find music by like that. But saying eighties music isn't specific enough because there's a lot of music in the eighties. 
Well, so, the thing is, is that there's an entire underground movement of like '80s rock bands that I don't think are considered synthwave. Like, yeah, there's bands like Work of Art and Giant mm-hmm. and Dare, yeah. and they're all releasing stuff now. And right. like, they're not called synthwave. So the weird one that I listen to that I don't think is synthwave either. It's more of just kind of hair metal '80s rock today. Is called Hardline, and they actually. It's the lead singer from, you know, all the Sonic Crush 40 stuff. I know. But with a... Yeah. Yep. I know all but, about Hardline. <laughs> yep. So yeah. they're still doing the 80s thing. <laughs> but I don't think it's Synthwave. Something interesting uh, else about Hardline, it's only for the first yeah. album, but they had um, they had Neil Schoen yep. on guitar from Journey. From Journey. So yep. uh, that's actually one of my favorite albums. That first album is so I good. I know. Um, uh, Double Eclipse. Yes. Yeah. It's fantastic i mean i find their albums really vary in quality um Mm. because they switch group members so much but yeah devil eclipse is kind of a highlight with their guitar work at least Mm. i find the recent ones have crazy good production values though Um, they sound real good i haven't listened to uh hardlines other albums but uh yeah that just that first one was sort of all i really need to hear do you know what i mean it's It's, just that good yeah it's just uh, musical candy it's so good mm. Yes, everyone listening to this, go listen to that album right now. Yeah, absolutely. And if, you know, uh, I think that singer is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It's weird that he was in Sonic games and sometimes he was given some pretty questionable lyrics, but he's got a great voice. You know who else they, um, Sonic team actually uh, hired to uh, do vocals was... Um, Who's that? Uh, he's called Ted Poley. And uh, yes. he did the um, Escape to the City music. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that yeah. the, the name of the song? Yep, uh, it's called... Yeah, I think it's called Escape to the City. Yep. Yeah. And then they actually and recently had him a couple of years ago back in the studio to do a new version of that. Really? That's yeah. pretty cool. But he, he's he's in a band called Danger Danger. And uh-huh. um, they are an, they're an 80s glam metal band. They sort of got in all on the fad of nice. glam metal. And, uh, yeah. But they did it really well. Like, oh, um, I need to check that out. They're like, um, how do I put this? They sort of took the cheesy aspects of it and sort of mm-hmm. amped it up, but they did it in a really good way. Like, it's like not, knowing, like, yeah, they, they knew they were doing it, but you know, oh, how, man. you know, how sort of you listen to Warrant, and even though they're cheesy, it's almost mm-hmm. like um, too cheesy that you're, you're almost embarrassed to listen to it. Yeah, I have that like, uh, feeling listening to their genre a lot. <laughs> that's like, like Danger Danger do it, but they do it well. So like, uh, it, 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 it's done in the right way. And You're um, selling me on that. I'm going to check them out. Yeah, there's there's two albums and uh-huh. and I got OA into them as well. Uh, <laughs> um, I told OA <laughs> yes. to listen to them. And yep. uh, there's two albums. Uh, one is uh, their first album, Danger Danger, and the mm-hmm. other is called uh, Screw It. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and they, they they basically sound like a cross between Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, Poison. Uh, wow. Like, they're good. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely checking yeah. them out. I, I'm them also out. realizing why I like all your music so much because I it like a lot of the same music you do, apparently. Yeah. Ba- is... I, I basically, yeah, my, my music is basically that music with added yeah. game influences. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm really similar. So yeah. it's a weird subgenre that I just have so much fondness over. Yeah. Um, I attribute a lot to it to growing up with modern Sonic games mm. and then making me really tolerant for cheesy music. Um, 
and getting me into the kind of that rock uh, subgenre. So that's really cool. I think the the one artist who sort of shaped my style perhaps more than any other yeah. was probably Vince DiCola. I don't think I've listened to him before. Uh, he did the um, training montage theme in Rocky Four. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. I get it then. Yeah. Um, now I get a picture of this. But he also did the Transformers uh, yeah. soundtrack as well. Um, mm. 1986 yep. soundtrack. Like, it's the best thing you've ever heard. Um, <laughs> and basically, a lot, somebody uh, posted on my DuckTales remix, um, yeah. Vince Dacola. So. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, if you want to listen to music that sounds like me, but it's actually from the actual right era, listen to him. Yeah. Because it's okay. basically my music, but it's, it's, yeah, I basically ripped him off. So, <laughs> Are you also a big fan of kind of the 80s instrumental stuff that kind of Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, that kind of, I feel like that's kind of adjacent to a lot of that 80s stuff. Um, yes. Uh, okay. Yes, uh, okay. in a big way. I, I've wanted to go see Joe Satriani live for years and years. I yep. still haven't. I don't know why. I saw Steve Vai live about a month ago. Really? A couple months ago. It was <laughs> amazing. He he can play that stuff live, turns out. Um, <laughs> yeah. He has so much stage presence, too. He's ridiculous. Um, and it was a great time. I love Joe Satriani, but I think that mm-hmm. if you look from a technical perspective, I think Steve Vai... Yeah is better i think steve is a lot more creative yeah steve is definitely more creative he 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 come he he brings the prog into it doesn't he so yes he does mm. and the frank zappa influence and the franks yeah and a lot of eastern music and like he just draws from every genre across the world he even Mm. released an album where he made like a song for every country he visited and yeah you hear all sorts of different uh Mm. influences from him another guitarist that i recently got into um, now that we're just completely off on this instrumental <laughs> guitarist kick, have you ever heard of Nick Johnston? Nick Johnston. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Sounds just kind of on YouTube. He released an album called Atomic Mind, and then he recently released one called Remarkably Human in 2016, and I found him. No, I haven't heard of this guy. I'll have to look him up. Yeah, um, I just found him out recently, and he. Uh, I really like him because he's definitely an instrumental guitarist like Steve Vai or Joe Satriani, yeah. that kind of thing, but he also... Um, He's very, uh, he has a lot of, uh, instead of focusing on quick playing, he's very much about the feel and the soul of it. His most re- recent album, Remarkably Human, is very downbeat. He kind of plays the whole thing. It's very moody, almost post-apocalyptic kind of feel with a piano interwoven with like a single coil guitar. And it's all, it has that same kind of um, jazz and rock influences to it, but it's it's a lot more like mood focused, which I thought was different from how a lot of those guitarists play. So I was really impressed by his work. That's that's that pretty cool, isn't it? Because it a lot of these guitarists just go on off on the wank fest, don't they? Yes. Like that's cool, but it's fun. Yeah. But he's a lot more restrained. Sometimes they forget about the composition. Like you listen to Invade Malmsteen and every yeah, solo is just <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um I was recently watching a video from Guthrie Govan, another guitarist, talking about that exact problem. Yeah. And I've been I... re- listening to him recently, and he seems also good at playing a little more restrained and putting a little m- more melody and composition into, into it and less scales. So many scales. Fishy introduced me to um Guthrie Govan. And the thing I love about him is that he is not just a guitarist, like he's a teacher. 
and Paul Gilbert is the same. Like, um, there's certain guitarists who are really good teachers. They can actually teach you. Like, I I I saw an Inve Malmsteen uh, video, and and um, it, it, it's really really funny because it, it was this this interviewer was like talked to him and said, "How how do you do this then?" And he says, "Oh well, I do this. I do this. You know, just played at normal speed for Inve Malmsteen speed, just." you know face mapping speed and he said so so what are you actually doing here when you actually move your hand and he just went oh i don't know <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing i'm just doing it you know <laughs> and just had yeah. no idea how to explain what he was actually doing but right like, you know and then you've got people like paul gilbert who will who will break it down for you and goofy gover and it will go into the whole theory of it and and will actually explain it in a way that not only does it make sense, but like it, it it's dumbed down enough so that anyone can understand it, which is another skill in itself. Like I have a lot of respect for people like that. And uh, yeah, that, that's pretty awesome. Um, but like my, my sim solos are all inspired by those crazy guitarist people. Yeah, going synth was a really smart idea because you can do all the composition without having to rote memorize it over and over again to be able to play it. The the only other thing with uh, sequencing is that you can do anything. You're not inhibited by physical limitations. And that is such a big thing when it comes to these um, sort of virtuosic, you know, soloists. Um, like, I can... I can probably these days do a decent, you know, I, I could probably hold my own, but, you know, if you pit me against someone from OCR, I'd probably do okay. But, you know, if you pit me up against, like, the greats, I would absolutely fall flat on my face. But if you actually sort of give me a sequencer, I will sequence anything. And... That that that's the thing. That's what I love doing. I love the writing aspect of it, and and I feel like it gives you less. How best to put this? Like it doesn't make it as tempting to just go up and down scales quickly to show off because you're not really showing off. Anyone can do that with a sequencer. Mm. So like you kind of have to make the composition good. Exactly. Or there's more focus on that because there's no. You're not really proving anything by doing scales quickly. And I think that's something that a lot of um people don't realize it. It's about the composition. It's not about speed. And, um, like, have you ever heard of White Lion? Um, they've got a guitarist called Vito Brata. He's my favorite guitarist. Oh, wow. I need and, to check that um, out. He's, he's, he, the best way for me to describe him is take Eddie Van Halen, the, the technical ability of Eddie Van Halen, the um, melodic sensibilities of... Um, of Eric Johnson and then throw in the classical influence of Randy Rhodes and you have this guy and um, his tone is incredible as well it's really sort of it, it's it's a very um, sort of pure very warm tone uh, as well which I think helps but the way that he actually um, does his solos is that he writes it rather than um, uh, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't improvise. He, he, he yeah. apparently wrote all his solos um, and worked them out uh, in his head. 
and um, he actually has the ability to play anything. So he's, he's just that good. Um, but uh, a lot of people were saying, like, you know, it's almost like his guitar solos were little compositions themselves, like within the songs, you know. It's not just a guitar solo, it's more than that. And that's something I sort of try to do with my solos. I try to make a story out of it. I don't just sort of start it with like, you know, I sort of try to build up to that, you know. If 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 the, if the speed is warranted, then it's warranted. But, you know, often I've sort of um, written something that's almost too fast for that part. And I've sort of thought, no, you have to scale it down a bit. You're not ready to get to that point yet. Yeah. And speed is it, super fun, yeah. but it's a tool. It's not the... Yeah. It's not the optimal thing it no. is just one of the things you can use yeah i think it's all about writing the uh it's all, it's all about story of the um, actual yeah. solos you know the writing not exactly the improv crazy stuff and unfortunately when i play the guitar that's what i end up doing i just end up Me playing too. fast because i i i don't have the you know i i could write my own solos and i do sometimes mm-hmm. but yeah yeah it's a lot easier to just uh, hammer on a scale for a little while and sound good in the right chord and then move on <laughs> so uh, there's actually something i haven't mentioned here i wanted to uh, actually discuss this i'm actually doing a until ep mm-hmm. um and it's going to be releasing in april yeah so uh, i just wanted to sort of mention that on the uh on the show yeah. sort of uh say i was doing it so yeah, that's a, that's a good um, way to close up here. What what's it going to be called, and where's it going to be? Um, it's going to be. Oh, I'll tell you what it's called first. It's called Undertale and Chill. Aha. Um, there's a little bit more to it than just a, a sexualized name. It um, <laughs> the the actual uh, first track that I'm remixing is. Uh, do you, have you ever played Undertale? I played the first few hours. I haven't finished it, but I know okay. that. Yeah. Um, have you got to Napster Bluke's house yet? Yes. Yes. There's a section where um, you lie down on the floor with him. Uh, in the game, it says lie down on the floor and feel like garbage. And when you do, um, the the background changes to a space and the music changes to this really atmosphere just atmospheric chords that's all it is it's just chords and it's called chill so the actual cover art is that um is that part of the actual game with uh, the uh, them lying on the floor my will rock avatar character is with them and uh there's three there's frisk there's um what's it and then there's napster blue and then there's my character and it's called mm-hmm. Sound Chill because, yeah, I'm explaining too much. But, uh, <laughs> okay, that, so that, are the... That's, that's, that's the reasoning behind it. And gotcha. It's, it's not that's... just, yeah. So is the EP, are you just taking a few different songs and remixing them? Or what's the, uh, um, what's the idea behind the track list? I'm just taking different songs. Like, yeah, uh, real rock style. Although... I did sort of uh, try and base it a little bit more on Naps to Bluke than, say, uh, you know, and the whole sort of ghostly theme of it. Mm-hmm. So I've got Naps to Bluke's theme. I've got nice. uh, Metaton's theme. I don't want to sort mm-hmm. of uh, give you any spoilers, but that is sort of relevant. Um, right. 
And I've also got uh, Undertale Hopes and Dreams in there as well. Uh, there's five tracks. There's, uh, I'll tell you the track list. Um, so Chills first, then it's Hopes and Dreams, then it's uh, Ghost Fight, um, then it's uh, Death by Glamour, and finally it's Bone Trussle. So, nice. uh, and Bone so... Trussle has uh, Jeff Ball on it. Oh, so fantastic! I managed. So to important question: in. Did you get Valentino Francavilla back to voice Napstabluke? I didn't. Damn. No. I considered voicing Napstabluke myself, but I didn't like Ooh. my Napstabluke voice. Yeah, Napstabluke. It would take a very special voice. That is a special character. Yeah, it. it <laughs> he's a very sort of um, depressed character, isn't he? A little bit. He. he he's. He's basically a ghost with social anxiety disorder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he was he was maybe my favorite character from what I played in that game. So, yeah, he's 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 definitely um, one of the uh, favorites, I'd say. Um, yeah, but Undertale has great characters in general. It does. It really does. And man, is that music popular! A good choice. That's why I'm doing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> basically, I'm, I'm I'm trying to be smart about sort of because something I noticed about my real my original music, like people who like it really like it, but it, it wasn't yeah. really taking off quite like I hoped. So I'm uh-huh. trying to sort of um, cash in on a fad, so to say. But yeah. The thing is, is that it's a fad that I wanted to get involved with. It's not just yeah. me doing it primarily for you know, for the money. I'm not I'm not doing it for yeah. exposure or anything like that. I, I, I literally right. did these tracks out of a labor of love for the actual game because I really yeah. like the game. Yeah. That's nice thing about something like Undertale. It's a fad, yeah, but it's a fad with a lot of artistic integrity there. It yeah. deserves to be the fad it is. Well thanks so much, Will, uh for your time and for uh chatting. Yeah. I guess with all that, we're gonna head back to the show. And we are back for the first edition of the Secret Songs since 1777. I wonder if there was going to be any synth solos in this Secret Song segment from 1677. 1677. 1677. Wait, okay, now you're just making stuff up. I'm just trying to make as many noises so it's difficult for you to edit around them. All right, well, that's fair. But there are just as many sounds in 17 as 16 for, that your, is true. for your information, sir. But yeah, you're just calling me Steven, but okay. it's, uh, that's a good point. this is the, this is the segment of the show where I, we have to su- stop su- doing that. Dang I'm it, not doing it I, on purpose anymore. I can't stop noticing them now. I know. I was just about to say it's we are the part of the show where we surprise each other with songs. <laughs> it is subconscious at this point. We are also officially the worst st- podcasters. Everyone has turned the show off at this point. It, it, it stopped uh, being but, funny like three minutes ago. <laughs> Three minutes ago, I was talking to Will Rock, and things were much, much better. <laughs> this is, this, it's been so long since you've done the secret songs that I probably need to reintroduce what they are. The secret yeah. songs is a segment where Stephen and I each bring one song, and since we've been brothers for so long, most of our lives, in fact, we mm-hmm. tend to have very similar frames of reference, and so it's kind of a challenge for us to be able to find good and interesting music that one, the other brother will like. And two will be new for them. So we play the songs for each other, sight unheard, and we try to guess what they are. And you, the listeners, can join us in this uh, quest. Yeah. 
the so, the goal is everyone to be surprised, everyone to be delighted, and um, it works extra well when you put it all together in the five minutes you have before recording the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that has always been my way with the secret songs. That's the so, secret sauce of the secret songs. <laughs> so, <laughs> Stephen, would you rather start with mine or yours? Oh, I think we should start with yours, just to mm. be polite. All right, here we go. You ready? All right, click on three. Three, two, one, go. Um, Brian. Yeah. I, I don't want to disappoint you terribly. Uh huh. I, I think I know this is Let the Speed Diminish, the Sand Oasis theme from Sonic the Secret Rings by Rumblebee. So, wow, you're very good at guessing, Stephen. I'm impressed. <laughs> All right. Let's listen to this for a little bit, and then I'm okay. going to explain my reasoning. Okay. All right. So the other day I was listening to this album while I was washing my car, mm-hmm. and this song came on, and I was just... I loved it so much. Everything oh, about boy. the soundtrack and this yeah. song is wonderful. The percussion especially was just so fun and active and vibrant and the merging of different genres from kind of that you know middle eastern sound with the sonic rock with like hip-hop influences all came together this is a soundtrack that i feel like i haven't talked about on the show very much so my i chose it for three reasons one it's amazing two i feel Mm -hmm. like i haven't talked about it and i really really want people to check this soundtrack out and listen to Mm -hmm. it and see what they think I feel it fits the style of our show very well. And three, it is Sonic in the Secret Ring, so I figure it counts even though you know it. <laughs> of course! It's a secret song by definition! Maybe this is actually a new segment we can do, where we don't surprise each other with new music, but we just play music that is really good and talk about it for a little bit. It's a little <laughs> Marcotter Bros. Yeah, a little little taste of the Marcotter Bros. So, well, I can't complain about this. This is awesome. Yeah. I love this I song. really just typed secret into my iTunes library finder and looked for what I could find. that wailing that almost sounds like an elephant or something that they're doing Mm -hmm. with the guitar cool thing good job i thought you'd appreciate it well mine's quite different all right and i think it will surprise you so don't you look at that title of the video when i link this to you gotta be secret so all right on three one two three click 
it sounds very calming. So what are you thinking so far? Maybe RPG? I can't tell the system, though. It almost, for some reason, I'm thinking a portable system, but I don't know why. It's Kirby something? Is it Kirby? Let's, let's keep, no, it's not Kirby. Let's okay. keep listening. It's going to go into another section soon. All right. Let's do a little guessing game and narrow this down. Let's yeah, let's play like twenty questions, but not make it twenty because come on, we don't have that kind of time. All right, is it is it old? Is it b- made before the year two thousand? Um, y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it made in the late nineties? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Is it a portable console? No. Okay. Is it? Hmm. Is it Dreamcast? Nope. I can't place. You know, nineties. It might actually be early two thousands. I don't. This I don't know. MIDI. I'm. Is it PS two? No, it's not. What the heck Ooh, is this? Listen to how pretty this is. Okay, you just. Oh, the, the console is the Nintendo sixty four. Oh. Um, it's not Harvest Moon, is it? No, it's not. Okay, wow, that's, is it, it sounds like RPG Maker or something. So, I don't know, I think I'm done. Oh, wow! <laughs> it's yeah. Mario Party 2! Alright, so why did you look up Mario Party? I, I've had the Mario Party 2 soundtrack um, in my uh, to download uh, bookmark <laughs> for a long time because I've known that it's like weirdly great. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it'd be a good secret song because that's funny. It's kind of surprising. <laughs> it is a little surprising. I, I it's would not so, have guessed like, Mario Party. Beautiful, and it feels yeah. like floating through clouds, like the end of of a great RPG journey. Well, it is the ending credit, so yes, they got that is. down pretty well. According to this one YouTube commenter, is November nineteen ninety nine. I don't know if that's right, but okay. Well, I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna believe that commenter. All right. Well, that that was a song, and it was a secret, unlike mine. So yes. Mine I feel like that was from a good, secret. good good pairing. Completely different, mm-hmm. you know, completely different reasons to have them there. Next up, I will combine the two and bring a song from Sonic Shuffle. Don't do that. Like this, this, like that, like, like that, that. I like it, I like it. What a show, what a show. Yeah, it was indeed, Stephen, a show. That is uh, historically and factually correct. I'm very proud of you. Thanks. If you want to find other historically and factually correct things, head over to www.ocremix.org for more news uh, from OC Remix albums, songs, artist profiles, um, gossip. <laughs> I assume. Don't, don't gossip. I assume DJP has started, has started a tabloid about all the different OC Remixers. If you really want to gossip, you should go to the OCR uh, podcast Twitter account. 
and start yeah. some nasty rumors about us just mm-hmm. to keep us on our toes. Or email us your uh, your juicy scoops at podcast at ocremix.org. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, you won't believe the stories I have about Sin Shadas, who wrote our Remix Rewind segments. I'd like to thank him for doing just that. Or William Harvey, who did our interview. I have so many stories to tell about Will Rock. And on that note, we're going into the playlist. The Playlist is a weekly collection of listener-submitted recommendations so we can all discover music together. This week's theme is Synth Solo. Mmm-dop. Originally from the Mega Man X series, remixed by Will Rock, and submitted by Jorito. Plug. Originally from Mega Man 9, remixed by Will Rock, and submitted by Phoenix Down. of Lightning, originally from Mega Man 10, remixed by Will Rock and submitted by Tamias222. Super Fighting Robot X, originally from Mega Man X3, remixed by Will Rock and submitted by Will Rock.
Malicious Fingers, originally from Sonic the Hedgehog 3, remixed by Snapple Man, and submitted by Systems Ready. Stage Theme 2, from Silver Surfer and submitted by Kyle JCRB. Boss Battle from Lollipop Chainsaw and submitted by Zachary. Dangerous, originally from Bionic Commando, remixed by Palpable and submitted by Square Evil.
Wicked Chip, originally from Castlevania, remixed by Yorito and Eric Revin, and submitted by Yorito. Carry the Moment. Originally from Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, remixed by OA, and submitted by OA. listening to the Overclock Podcast. Next week's playlist is Atmospheric Music. Hunt down a track that builds a mood and transports you to another world. To submit your own suggestions or just say hi, hit us up on Twitter at OCR Podcast. Email us at podcast at ocremix.org or visit us on the forums at ocremix.org. This week's lyrical synth, Wii Wee oo. Bippity dippity dippity woo wee doo. Woo dee woo dee woo. Wibbity woody woody. Woo woo.